We started this morning with our meditate um, in thy precepts um, from Psalm 11915. And it's so important that, from, even from last word, we talk about the enduring word, that the word never finishes, it never ends. It's the same word that Jesus, Jesus, the apostles, and everyone else spoke and was written, so we would know the facts. We don't have to try and be clever, we don't have to try and interpret anything, just read the Bible, and together we will find out that God always tells the truth. The truth is something that is true, which is perfect and complete. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. And Jesus said, I am the word, and the word is truth. And so we know that the Bible, Jesus, God, is all one entity. His word never changes. So it shows us we have something solid to stand on. Amen? So this morning, we're going to be talking about the Word. The bread of life. Amen. Food is one of the essentials of life. With air and water. We spend a lot of time eating. Some of us more than others. I am not, not looking. I'm actually looking at Alan. Because, because, Alan's, because Alan's probably the fittest here. We, food is one of the essentials of life. We spend a lot of time eating and drinking and all the time breathing. If we don't, we're in trouble anyhow. So it's so important that we understand these are, these are the basics of life. To give us this body food, to eat, water to drink. We are 60% water on average. So it's so important. And everyone needs to breathe. (laughs) So the Bible talks a lot about food and water. God is always using both for analogies to be able to show what's in the natural to what's in the spiritual. It's so we can get some understanding from what God is saying. Isn't it amazing that he uses our natural world to show us? And people want to understand, you know, how difficult it is to interpret the Bible. No, it's not. It's just that people don't know the word of God. The vast majority of people absolutely love food. Yes? Anybody like food? Yes, and you know, and we, and and we look what we've got today. We've got the most amazing variety of food at any other time the world has ever seen. We can have whatever we want from anywhere, products from everywhere, as many recipes as you can ever have, you know. And so, and we love it. Thank you, Lord. We can definitely say thank you for that. Today, we're going to look at some of the analogies that Jesus uses. And for our direction, and of course to strengthen each one of us in, in him. And we're going to start with the Samaritan woman. Um, the Samaritans, for the Jews, they were the worst people in the world. They're the ones that crossbred with all the other nations and then began to say they were Jews. So they had nothing to do with them. The Jews would not even walk in to the area called Samaria. They'd have nothing to do with them. They, would, they, they shunned them. They, 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 they were absolutely vile to these Samaritans. So they wouldn't go in. But Jesus said, I need 
to go to Samaria. You see, Jesus broke all what man thinks. And he, and he did it because he told everyone he's going to be, bring us a new agreement the way that God was going to be with his people. So he needs to show his apostles and us today, no matter what we think of the people around us, we need to go to see them. Yes, isn't that amazing? So it's so important. So they didn't dare go because they totally despised them. They abhorred, they hated the Samaritans. And so Jesus said, I've got to go. John 4, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. From a well, of course. They didn't have taps there where you know, they could just... They had to go and draw water from a, a, a well. And the woman said to him, Give me a drink, for his disciples had left him and gone away into the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me? A Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water the woman said to him because she's confused sir you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where then do you get this living water doesn't know Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. That's the natural water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become him in him in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life haven't got a clue she hasn't got a clue what Jesus is talking about but we do we understand that Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit who God has promised to give to all that believe God is a spirit and he is everywhere And he wants to give of his spirit into us to help us in this life. To be better people. To be kind and generous and joyful and peaceful. And every time there's a problem, to trust in him that he will see us through. That's amazing. And not only that, eternal life. We will never die. And that, for us human beings, has got to be something that we at least we should look at. Because if we don't even want, want to think about death, you're just, you're just committing your own problems. Why? Because we all will die one day. I'm going to live in this hope that my God is real. I know he's real. And I will continue to work in this gospel and learn of God and do the things of God. Because I want to live forever. And I want my wife to be with me and my family and everyone I come in contact with. And especially this little church that we have. Because the Bible tells me 
I will answer for your soul. And that's why we teach. This is why we do these. This is why we go over and over and over the things. This is why we meet. This is why we gather. This is why we do this. This is why we communicate with each other. To strengthen, to show each other where we are with the Lord. And you know, all the time, God is going, Come. Come to me. Follow me. And see what I have for you. It's, it's absolutely incredible. We know what Jesus is talking about. It is his spirit that is promised to give to us all. We, most of us here, have received the Holy Spirit. It empowers us to overcome not only the enemy, but even ourselves and all our thinking and all what we feel and everything else. Our, our, it helps us to control our anger and our temper and our envy and our greed and our, and our, our uselessness sometimes. Amen? Amen? You know, and it's amazing because we can say these things without condemning ourselves because we know it's true and we've got to move out of that. And that's incredible. He's not trying to punish us, he's trying to give us more. Isn't that amazing? So this is, this is beautiful. He, he will equip us. He will, he will teach us. He will lead us. He will guide us into all truth so we can be stronger for him. No, and I don't mean strong so we can stand there and say, look at me. It's, it's strengthening in knowing that he's there to help us in every step of the way. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit that God has given for every person. And another one. John 7, 37, 39. This is, this, is before, this is before the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was given. God, Jesus was teaching his people the promise to come. 7, 37 to 39. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts. Okay, there's the natural again, isn't it? Anyone thirsts, we think, oh, that's right, let's have a... Let's have a glass of water or whatever they were drinking in those days. Whoever thirsts, but of course we know. He was saying, whoever thirsts in this life when you've got problems, in this life when you don't know where you're going, in this life where you're struggling, in this life where all you've done is is taking information into your head and trying to make your own way. He said, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus had not been glorified. He hadn't died and gone to heaven. So the New New Testament came when he went. He left it for the people to do. And he left the promise for every man, every man, woman and child who believes in God will receive his spirit into their life. And we know it's wonderful. It's wonderful for us that have received the spirit and to know that it's true. Because we've received, we spoke in tongues just as the apostles did, just as every single person in the book of Acts received the Holy Ghost. Every single person spoke in another tongue. 
And the Bible says it's a, it's a tongue that we speak to God with. No man understands. But the Spirit speaks through us. That's the Spirit that's flowing through us. Amen? It is wonderful. This builds up our most holy faith. Sometimes we look at all the wonders of what God offers us and we want all the blessings and we want love and we want prosperity, we want joy and we want all those things. But don't forget, if we don't follow, there's, there's, there's a warning. There's a warning for everyone that this is what I've got for you, but if you don't want to know, this is the warning. So God shows us the opposite of the good things he's trying to give us. And our warning is not having, in not having the Spirit is stark, to say the least. Romans 8, 1 to 8. There is therefore now no condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. But he qualifies it. Who do not walk according to the flesh. When we walk to the flesh, all it means is that we have not the spirit. We're just walking the way that man has given us to walk. Or what we think is the right way to go in life. But according to the spirit. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free. From the law of sin and death. The law was written. And the Jews had so many laws at the end. Besides the Ten Commandments. They had so many laws. And they had to follow those religiously. So when they broke them. It was. And all those laws were trying to do. Is to show what sin was. Only showed them what sin was. For what the law could not do. It was weak through the flesh. Because our flesh is weak. Anybody want to go on a fast for a week? Not eat any food for a week. No, that's not you, Tony, because you need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you understand, some of us can't even fast two meals, let alone one. And so it's so important. The food is what the body craves for. So this flesh is always dictating to us which way we think we should be going. Absolutely amazing. But... The law could not do because it was weak through the flesh. God showed us a better way by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, Jesus, a man that God dwelt in fully on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk as man walks in the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who according to live in the flesh set their minds on fleshly things. On the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit. The things of the spirit. All these wonderful things that God wants us to be. When we, when we, when we show God he comes with us and gives us those incredible spiritual gifts. For to be carnally minded, to just think of all of our fleshly things and this worldly things that, that, that the world tell us we've got to have, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it wars against God. For he's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed it can be. And here is the warning. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
It is so simple for us to see when we're not in the spirit. It's so simple, just, just look at ourselves. Everyday activities, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, what we watch, what we read, what we say. It's so simple to see. And don't forget, when we go to work, we don't go to work preaching, do we? I can just imagine Alan doing his gym class. Right, today, you know, I'm going to be speaking to you while you're exercising, so come on, let's do your exercises. And Jesus said... <laughs> Exercise profiteth little, but exercise yourself to godliness. And then, can you imagine it? No? Okay, then that's fine. So we've got to do our job, haven't we? We've got to do our job, but don't forget him. No matter where we are, look for the opportunities to try to give a word of God to someone, somewhere, somehow. So it's easy for us to see when we're not in the spirit. We know that. Our daily prayer life tells us. Our Bible study together tells us. And our own study tells us. Attendance together at church tells us. Study together and or at any other time tells us. Our conversations about the Lord with others and, 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 and each other in church and Bible study tells us whether we're in the spirit or in the flesh. No activity from us really shows God our faith. It's also fairly simple to understand that God wants to help us. All the time he's trying to say, come to me and I'll help you. Learn of me and I'll help you. Put my words into your practice and I'll help you. Trust me and I'll help you. Love me and I'll help you. Help one another and I'll help you. It's just amazing how much he wants to give, give to every single one of us. But it's also very simple to understand that when God is trying to help us and we just turn away from him, no effort, no reading, no study, not wanting to know, we've already turned away from God. It's so simple. We've already turned away. We're not even giving him a a chance to bless us, to, to show us. And it's really even like us as mothers and fathers. You know that we always want our children to be good and to do right and everything else. You know, and we don't we don't shower them with praise when they're naughty. <laughs> You'll see this, Tanya, I promise you. You wait. You've got some great lessons to come, I promise you. As a mother first. <laughs> and it's amazing. It is amazing because, you know, if, if that's the natural way that we don't shower our goodness and, and all everything and, 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 and praise upon our children when they're naughty, we tell them off. Why not? Because we hate them, because we love them, and we don't want them to, to, to do all those wrong things because they'll get punished for it, not by just us, by other people. And they also get punished, they'll punish themselves. Their attitude, people won't like them. And it will create problems. We're doing it because we love them. And God does exactly the same. He doesn't tell us all these things because he hates us. He's telling us, look, if you follow that way, you're going to get into trouble. But if you follow this way, I'll help you through anything that you come with. I'll give you the faith. I'll give you the love. I'll give you the patience. I'll give you the vision for the future. I will show you what I can do. Just try to put into practice what I've given you. This word and this spirit. How can he answer those who don't want to know him? 
how can he answer those who have tasted the goodness of God and have turned away from him and gone their own way? He cannot hear our prayers when we turn away from him except the prayer of repentance. God, forgive me. And then we turn away from all our sins, our worldly things and follow him again in his ways. He can only bless us when we return back and follow him to his ways in the kingdom. Remember, when we're disobedient to God in his teaching, we then separate ourselves from the Lord and therefore his spirit. It is so clear. And no matter what we say, I believe and I still pray and we're not following what God has already told us. It is a lie. Who has taken them out of light into darkness? Listen, John 4, 23, 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. He's everywhere. As far as the heavens we can see, as far as we can send telescopes, he's there. To the depths of the ocean, he's there. Everything you see and everything you hear and touch, God has created. And Jesus Christ holds it all together by the word of his mouth. Just as God created the world just by talking to existence, he holds everything. By the power of his word. We have our very being in God. He's all around us. But people don't understand us. He is seeking each one of us. He's seeking us. He's watching us. He's watching if we'll worship him in spirit and in truth. But when we turn away, don't you think, just like a parent, his heart's broken when our children go away. When our children take drugs and, and, and get into trouble and lie and cheat and steal, we're hurt as parents. We, we, you know, we feel devastated. We feel like it's our fault. What does God feel like when he's trying to do so much for us and people just turn away from him and go their own way? Oh, Father, help us. Help them, we pray, God. Help us to worship you in spirit and truth. Those who have left the word and, has, and he has taught us, they refuse to listen because they know best. That's their own thinking. It's called man's philosophy, man's thinking. And yet the Bible said, you have turned away and you've followed vain, deceit, worthless lies, man's philosophy. God is always prompting us. Every day. He prompts us every day by His Spirit and His Word. You know, we, we came today and, 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 and Andrea said something, and I, I, and I said, Linda and I read this in the Bible today and we're discussing it. There's God just showing us that the things that we're thinking of, that we, you know, He's, he's now. 
giving us the word. That's what he does. It's why Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He's not feeding us with the daily bread of food. He's feeding with the daily bread of his word. For his word is the spiritual food that we've got to take inside. That will change us, change our minds and our hearts. (laughs) In our flesh, we can feed a lot. Amen. We can feed a lot in our flesh. And when we get, sometimes we, we have more than we need. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I can't look at anyone. anyone you see, you see, I'm only preaching and people think I'm being personal. Hallelujah. It's called conviction. Hallelujah. If we have more than we need and we don't exercise, we just get bigger. That's the outcome, isn't it? It's the outcome of doing this. It's exactly the same in the spiritual when we keep getting fed with a word and we don't do anything with it. We don't exercise our faith. We just get full up. But what happens? We think it's okay. And all we do is get more and more knowledge and less and less action and further away from God. Ooh, I wasn't going to use the word, Kev, but thank you very much. We get fat on the word. And that's what happens to us if we eat too much food and we don't exercise. Is that right, Mr. Jim? Thank you very much. We have a, a gym class teacher here, exercise teacher. Well, don't they call him trainer? Yes, that's better. He's a, he's a physical trainer. Because we do not exercise ourselves unto godliness and therefore use the food that God has fed us with, he said, it just makes us a mess. There's an old saying, a man of little deeds is like a garden full of weeds. When we get that much stuff inside us and we don't do anything, anything grows inside. It's awful. But the, the analogies of the natural are the analogies of the truth in the spiritual. Listen again, 1, Tim, 1 Timothy 4, 6-9. When I read this, this is, this is like to, to Timothy, who is, who, is, who, is, who is a young pastor. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Christ, nourish, nourished in the words of faith, and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But listen, reject profane old wise fables. Exercise yourself unto godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little. It it profits the body a lot. But it doesn't profit the spiritual man a lot. Do you understand that? Amen? Amen? But godliness is profitable for all things. When we become more and more what God wants us to be, God profits us. Isn't that amazing? With joy and peace, he even prospers our finances if we follow him correctly. Amazing God. And he gives us a promise of the life that now is, and that is to come. A better life. A life which he called an abundant life. Amen. 
And listen, this is what Jesus said, Luke 4, 18 and 19. This is what he said on his first, his first, day, in the, first day in the church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the same for us. When we've received the Spirit, God has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. And it's not just to the poor in wealth, it's to the poor in spirit that don't know who God is. He sent us to heal all these broken families, the broken hearts, the kids that have got no parents, and all the destroyed families. He sent us to, to, to repair the broken heart, the upset, the hurt, the disappointment in people. He sent us to help to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the people who are captured in a life they don't want to be in, but they don't know any other life. They just continue and continue in the flesh trying to think their way through instead of going to the one, the only one that can help at Jesus Christ. This world is enduring, it never changes. Why won't we give God a chance and just, and just learn of him? It's like every other subject. We just can't step into Christ's kingdom and know everything. But we have to start somewhere. The enduring word, it tells us, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall never pass away. Everything you see is going to go. But his word will stand. Since you have purified your souls, this is us Christians, in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another, fervently with an unfeigned heart. Having been born again, we've been born again in the spiritual kingdom. It's that spirit inside us that will help us. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. If we stay with him, we will not be corrupted. If we move away from him, if we think we know better, we shall be corrupted. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Why? Look at us. We as flesh, we're all like grass. The grass withers every season. It withers and its flower, whatever's in there, falls away. But the word of God endures forever. And eternity, that means something we have no, no concept of. But forever, never to die, never to go away. And all of this word, the teaching, the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us to do work of God's ministry here upon this earth. And if we want to be blessed upon this earth, we need to be involved. We need to exercise our faith. We need to be witnessing. We need to be seeing what people give us as answers and going back to them with the answers from the Bible or go with someone else to encourage and just to try to love the people, to tell them, I'm not trying to persuade you to do something which is awful. I'm just trying to to show you this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. 
the most amazing. It saved my marriage. It saved my children. It saved my family. It saved me from such, such bad things. By his word. And when I see it, and when he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I see how incredibly real it is. What was I going to do for the rest of my life? I have no option. There's nowhere else to go. I've been there. I've been rich. I've done all the things that most people have done. I'm a sinner. And yet, he used me to do amazing things. And you know, that for me, that's why I can't give up. I can't, I don't care what goes on, I can't give up. I've got to preach the word, I've got to keep giving the word, I've got to keep praying, I've got to keep studying. This is what God gives me. It then gives me the energy and the hope and the faith, no matter what's going on around me, to continue in all what God has in store for us. But you know... It's the food. It's the food he feeds us. That's what helps us. And when, we, and when we exercise ourselves, you know, when we eat in our natural and we exercise ourselves, we build muscle up. We build muscle, we build strength, we build endurance. That's the physical. What's the same with the word? And, he, and, he, and he, it strengthens our spirit. It strengthens our resolve to do those things. Remember when people come to visit the church like, like Tanya t- t- today. The majority know very little about God or even nothing. And as they begin this journey, they're babes. Just a babe. When you get your, when you get your baby, you will feed the milk that God has provided you to give that baby for its first nourishment, natural. The natural, the milk of the woman is the best thing for the baby. Same when you come to church. We have to feed you with the milk of the word because you cannot take a T-bone steak when you're a baby. Amen? And it's important that we understand that the babes need to be handled with care and with love and patience. We can't just... Bring them to church or bring them to Bible study and leave them alone like we have done. Nurture. Just like the mother nurtures the baby. She has that baby 24-7. Nurturing everything. Giving it its love. Changing its nappies. Because that's all it is. Eat, sleep and mess. The same in the spirit. When they come. They are going to struggle. They are going to make a mess. They will. They will say things. They will not know. And it's why we are their examples to to keep contact with them, never to give up. You know, if we can't find time to speak to someone out the church in the week, what are we doing? If we can't find time to speak to somebody about Jesus Christ, if we can't find that time, you're too busy. Busy. B-U-S-Y. If you haven't got time to witness, then you're being under Satan's yoke. We need to feed ourselves with a word and help to feed others. Jesus said this, 
John 4, 34 to 38. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Look around you. Look at the people that you know, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. And Jesus said, I sent you to reap that for which you did not labour. Others have laboured and you have entered into their labours. But if we're not working in the field, David, then we won't reap even what we haven't sown. Because we're not talking to someone about our Lord if we're not working in the kingdom and exercising our faith we will grow weak and lethargic and yet we shall have lots of knowledge but no works this thing gives way to the enemy to the opportunity to take us back into captivity and make our thoughts God's thoughts instead bind us into inaction back to the old way of life back to our own thoughts and not his and the Bible gives us warning of it On the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda, this is what Jesus said to him when he'd seen him healed in the temple later on. John 5, 14, and he said, afterward Jesus found him in the temple, so he healed him. And he found him and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing comes upon you. Can you understand? You know, people have this. Even if people say, oh, healings would bring crowds. No, they don't. They just bring crowds to be healed. They all walk off and go, thank you. And don't bother with God anymore. That's why he said it to him. And listen to this. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. Listen to this. Most of us have an unclean spirit inside us. We don't like to think that. It sounds awful, doesn't it? But if the Bible says, if you have not my spirit, God says, then we were born into sin and we never change until we receive what God has for us. Nice and clear? Amen. (laughs) It's so important. It's so important. Listen. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry spirit, and this spirit is wandering around all over the world. And when when it goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, he can't find anything, seeking rest, seeking where he's going to stay, and finds none. And he says, I will return to the house from which I came, back to the same person. And when he comes, he finds it clean and empty, because we've, we've got rid of our old sins, but then we've done nothing. Then he goes in and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be for this wicked generation. And we don't like these scriptures. We want the loved ones, don't we? And Oh, I want to be loved and I want to prosper or I want a happy life. But you know our lives, how messed up most of our lives are. Yeah, we can be happy 
But are we happy inside? Get the, get, Kevin said, get the nice things in the house. Nice, you know, nice clothes and everything. Only, only happy for a second. Remember, this is the word of God. Not the word of Mark, this is the word of God. And we need to balance why we should be doing things to get the goodness. And if we don't, be careful. We will slip back into our old ways. Jesus said, he cannot do anything without the Father. It is why God filled him, filled the man, Jesus Christ, fully with his spirit. And the fullness of him dwelt in him body. The fullness of God, the power, the authority filled him. And God was in him all the time. That's why Jesus said, I and the Father are one. The spirit of him was in his flesh. The same as God's spirit is in my flesh. And bends and, 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 and Alan's. The same. And that spirit is trying so hard to get us closer to him. And to help others. It's the same for us. God wants to be with us every day. (sighs) Two more scriptures. Okay. I'll paraphrase. Matthew 12. Sorry, John 5, 24. I'll just read one. Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears my word... And believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from life to death. Those who will hear the voice of the Son of God will live. There will be a day when Jesus Christ comes back, which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. And come forth those who have followed God. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I of myself can do nothing. As I hear I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will. But the will of the Father who sent me. What is the will of God for you? For all of us. John 5.34 says this. Yet I do not receive testimony from man. But I say all these things that you may be saved. Saved from the condemnation to come. Jesus did loads and loads of miracles. He walked on the water. He fed the 5,000. He stopped the wind. He stilled the, stilled, stilled the sea. And people flocked to him because he was healing people. And in John six twenty six, he says this. Jesus answered them because they all flocked to him. Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me. Not because you saw the signs. But because you ate the loaves and the fishes and were filled. Let me tell you, do not labour. For the food which perishes. But for the food which endures to everlasting life. Which the Son of Man will give you. Because the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said, what shall we do? That we may work the works of God. And Jesus said, this is the work of God. 
that you believe in him who he sent and of course to obey the words he gives us oh father in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God the word became flesh Jesus and dwelt amongst us full of grace and truth Jesus said I am the bread of life I'm the food I'm the word incarnate I'm the word that's come alive I have come to seek and save those that are lost and I have come to reward everyone that diligently seeks me in all that he does this is the word of life this is our daily spiritual bread this will make us grow strong And when we put this into action in our lives, we will get the spiritual fruit that God promises us. And God's promises will become evident in our lives by eating His Word of God, digesting it, letting it filter through into our, from our spiritual being into the natural. And people will see we're filled with the Spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit will be manifest and people will know we are blessed and people will get saved. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread, said Jesus, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I gave for the life of the world this is the word of God Father help us this day Father to take this word Lord and do something with it for Father if we don't yet again we're hearing and not doing something we become hearers and not doers of the word so Father open our hearts open our minds Father and let us seek you diligently Lord And let us go from here, Father, with a vision to be in the will of God, to seek and save the lost, to be witnesses to him, to be the light of Jesus in this world, to be the salt and to feed everyone we see with the word of God. That's my prayer, Father, for our church. And my prayer, Father, for for those who had not yet tasted the goodness of you. That, Father, keep them safe. (coughs) Keep the, the, the spirits away. Help them, Father, to to seek you. Then help us to help them, Father. Keep them safe. Father, we love you and we just worship you today, Father. Thank you for the food that you've given us and help us digest it and let it, Father, be shown in our actions, Father. Then you shall pour out your blessing upon us, Lord, and people will see it. Father, we love you. We bless you. Be with us. Keep us safe this week, Father. Help us for tomorrow night, Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Amen.